You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. The car feature. With Nicole Lowe. Yep. Um, and this car feature is brought to you by Total Quartz. Total, committed to better energy. And we join Nicole as we take your calls this afternoon. Uh, whatever niggles you may be having with your car. We've had so many different queries about keys, um, sounds, noises, smells, uh, technically just challenges to the engine, to the gearbox. It's been uh, 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 quite a variety over the years since we started speaking to Nicole. But this afternoon, we start with something that um, John mentioned earlier, and that is the petrol price increase. One rand tomorrow um, is the increase you can expect. One rand a litre is the hike, is the increase that you can expect at the pump. And that means that um, for the second time in three years, one litre will be more than 17 rands a litre. So um, when you do few, when when you do go to uh, the petrol station, do you often ask them to, you know, pump just that extra pump once your, your tank is full? Do you want them to fill it all the way to the brim? Um, I want to know from you, and if you have questions around that, do give us a call because this is the focus um, of what Nicole has been looking at for this week's conversation. Good afternoon, Nicole. Good afternoon, Azania. I so today we're kicking off with the fuel pump calibration on uh, the fuel station forecourt. Tell us more. Yes, Alanya, with the fuel price going up, last thing you want is the fourth court calibration to be out and you have actually cheated out of money because a litre is not a litre. So I had an interesting query of a, a, a person that said that he always drives his vehicle until the rain says uh, 100 kilometers left till empty. Then he goes to a fuel station and he fills up. Mm-hmm. And he, he told me that sometimes he gets 45 liters, sometimes 43, sometimes 47. So what is going on here? Is the pumps not calibrated? Are they cheating him out of money? What, what is here? So first of all, there's a couple of variables at play here. Mm-hmm. Firstly, that, uh, that calculation that shows you distance to empty, that calculation runs off your, uh, say, last, say, call it 10 kilometers worth of driving style. So it's a, it's a short-term thing. So if you've been racing and then go and fuel, then uh, the 100 kilometers, there might be more fuel left. And say so you, you're driving down you all the way to the, to the garage and now tells you you've got 100 kilometers left, it might be less fuel. Because it takes that average fuel consumption uh, that you did in the past uh, couple of kilometers and then it works out your range. So that's already a variable. You can't really say how much fuel is in your tank if it tells you 100 kilometers left. It depends on what was your driving style at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one variable. The other variable is how much fuel do they actually put in your tank? Because do they go with first click? Uh, do they fill it, including the, the filler line running to your tank? Because that can be an extra two to even four liters. And then some tanks, uh, or most, most tanks have got a, what they call a, uh, an air bubble on top. Um, and some tanks actually got a valve that you can press on the inside of the filler hole that can sort of deplete the air there to, to, for you to get more fuel in. So you're taking a long road. And you want to get as much fuel in as possible. But remember, when you fill it to the brim like that, including that air bubble, yeah. then there's no no space for expansion. So when a, when the fuel gets hot 
and you haven't got any space to expand into, it will just overflow and you'll, you'll smell petrol in uh, wherever you've parked because it will be running out of the tank. There's also uh, overflow on, on a tank. Mm. So you see sometimes the taxis, they shake the taxi to get the last drop yes. of fuel into that car. So that's to, to, to shake, to get all the air out, to fill it completely because they don't want to stop for fuel. They stop for fuel very they can't make the next trip and they lose some money. So that's why they do that. But now talking about fuel calibration, so I make sure the calibration at the forecourt is actually correct. So uh, the NRCS, the national regulator, uh, is that's the responsibility of them to check the calibration at the forecourts. And every pump should be calibrated at least once a year. And when it's calibrated to make sure a liter is a liter, it gets sealed, that calibration. It's got a tag on it that's got the ID of the pump. It's got the date when it was calibrated. And if that seal is tampered with, um, next time the investigator, the business owner or the forecourt owner of this fuel station can be prevented from selling fuel. So it's a very, it's a, it's a offense mm-hmm. to do that. So as you, as a consumer, if you worry that one of the pumps, so you think that one of the fuel stations are cheating you, you can actually call the NRCS, speak to the relevant department, say, I want a check done at that fuel station, and they will send a technician out, and they'll come and check the calibration. Again, if the calibration is out, um, then that fuel station may be prevented of selling fuel. So it's a very serious offense. Um, in general, we would like to assume that most fuel stations are calibrated and liter is a liter. Yes. Oh, uh, that's a new insight. So can we see where this tag is or is it, of course, in a sensitive place? Is it something that no, I think ordinary it's internal people... to, to so the t- pump itself? I ah. mean, to calibrate a pump is a very technical process. And then they can seal that mechanism which changes the calibration so that the, the, so that the owner of the fuel station can't go and change the calibration to make uh, it show a liter when it's only pumping 0.9 of a liter or 0.95 of a liter. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't want that, obviously. Yes, and this makes sense now with uh, whenever we've gotten questions around this where you've said it depends on your driving style because from the fuel station side of things, it's a tightly managed system. It should be, yes. So there's some other variables at play as well as how much fuel you can get into your tank. As I mentioned, the air bubble, the filler length, uh, all those kind of things and how much fuel is actually left. When you stop at the fuel station, because your distance to empty doesn't really tell you meters left, how far you could go, and that takes driving style into account. Yeah, absolutely. Understood. So if you have any more questions around this, um, do give us a call because the petrol price is going up overnight. And you can also give us your calls if you have any technical questions regarding your vehicle. Nicole is on hand. Let's go to Johannes in Pretoria. Hello, Johannes. Hi, Hazan. How are you? I'm good. You've been listening to our conversation about uh, fuel. Yes. I wanted to find out that I've seen a lot of cars. I think I've done it once as well. If you fill up your car and shake your car a little bit, some of them, they even put their cars on the steps to fill up the car. Each and every part ends up having a fuel. What happens if that car gets involved in an accident, a special head-on collision? Because it's been overfilled. Yes. Okay. Um, Nicole? Get involved in accident on on errand collision. What happened? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. So regarding that point, we know that a fluid is incompressible. So if you fill the tank absolutely to the brim, there's no air bubble, there's no nothing in there, and it gets heat, the chances are that the, the, the tank might burst in that sense. 
um, and maybe the fuel will leak out. Whereas maybe if the tank was say three quarters full or it's still at the air bubble, maybe there's some space. If if the if the, the tank gets hit in the accident, it can sort of take that impact and not burst. So there's a slight, slight a safety risk, but I must say tanks are uh, well um, hidden on a vehicle. Almost say normally close to like the rear axle under the rear seat, so they they not. In, in, in line of sight, almost like most accidents, so it's difficult to get to the tank, first of all. Mm. And then secondly, that the tank is far away from anything that would ignite the fuel. So even if the tank bursts open and the fuel leaks out, uh, the chances of it catching fire is actually quite low. It, there is always a risk, but it's, it's, it's quite low. And, and that, that goes for petrol, especially diesel, is difficult to ignite. So even difficult, even if the, the diesel tank would burst open and spill all the diesel, chances of igniting diesel uh, is very low. Mm, right. Um, and I know that in the, it's been clarified that all those scenes we see in the movies are necessarily true to how it plays out in real life. And I think, Nicole, your yeah, response no, tells us. I've heard in the movies that they use liters and liters of petrol and diesel and all sorts of things before that crash scene to get you that nice plume of smoke and all the <laughs> fire um, in real life, it's quite boring. Yeah. <laughs> just, you, just, you just hear a bang and that's it. No fire and smoke. Oh, or not, right. not, not easily. Yes, not easily. Jonas, thank you for that question. We've got Zweli also calling from Randburg. Hello, Zweli. Hi, guys. I just quick one. I just want to find out the, the airbag warning light is, uh, on the dash. Is, uh, it's, it's keep on flicking. Should I be concerned or should I book it in? Okay. Yes, yeah, so the the airbag light on the instrument cluster tells you there's something wrong with the system. So if it's flickering or coming and going, sort of an intermittent fault, it it sounds to me like it's a loose connection somewhere. Remember, for the airbag to be able to deploy, first of all, the airbag system itself should be fine. But then it's normally linked to, for example, your seatbelt. Your seatbelt needs to be fastened. Remember, when the airbag goes off, your body position needs to be in the right place. So if you don't wear your airbag, your, your seatbelt, the airbag might not deploy from the start. So it needs to see that continuity, like your, your seatbelt is actually fastened. So I would definitely have it checked out, um, a diagnostic tool would be able to tell you why that light is on. Is it because of loose connection or is it because the, uh, the airbag unit itself? Normally, it's just a, a loose connection on uh, a seatbelt uh, continuity. So it needs to know that your seatbelt is actually latched fastened mm-hmm. for that airbag to be able to deploy. So, yeah, definitely get it checked out because you don't want to be in a crash situation and the airbag doesn't deploy because of a fault. Great. Zoli, there you go. What? Thank you. Thank you so much. We've got a WhatsApp, Nicole. This person says, I'm filling up right now. And I was actually looking for that calibration tag. <laughs> but as you said, you know, it's not something that it would be easy, easily visible. But uh, this situation applies to where they find themselves at the moment. So we are taking your calls on 11 uh, Talking cars with Nicole this afternoon. You may have a question about fuel pump calibration or any other technical matters that you're struggling with. Uh, Ernest. You're calling us from the Johannesburg CBD. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm super. How are you, Ernest? Uh, I'm great, thank you. May I just ask and call something about... Of course. May I just... Uh, yeah, so... I... Can I go on? Yes, go ahead. Yeah, yes, I'm actually driving a Chevy Cruise team truck. Um, the other day, we had a problem on a manifold. You know, 
there was a, uh, you know, a leak or something. So I went and just fixed it. But you know, that's where doing it is not necessarily this. I didn't take it to to a workshop or whatever. Now they removed whatever was inside. They, they say that it's dead or whatever they, they removed. Uh, and now all of a sudden I see smoking. So I'm not sure. Uh, you know, it was not smoking before. Okay, so after they did the job, your car, your where is it smoking? Uh, at the bed, you know, the exhaust. In the morning, now it's smoking, and I mean, look, I've changed my oils, my my plugs, everything. I mean, it shouldn't be smoking. It's not a diesel car. Hmm. Nicole, what could this be due to? Is it related to the work that was done? Yeah, they mentioned the manifold was attended to. Obviously, I think it's the exhaust side manifold. Maybe it was cracked and it was removed and it was either welded shut or a new manifold put in and there might be some new exhaust gaskets and things. And sometimes they even use what they call gun gum or some of the stuff they can use to fix uh, manifolds. Um, and that might be burning off, but I mean, if 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 the, that was causing smoke, like the new gaskets and whatever they put on the, the manifold when they that refer it, that should be gone into the first five kilometers. Um, so if it still continues smoking, I will, we talked about the color of smoke as well. Um, so your your, your bluish dark tinted smoke is oil. I mean, you can smell oil even behind the vehicle if it's smoking like that. So then it's definitely burning oil. So in that case, it's the, I don't think it's anything to do with a manifold. It must have been before that. Um, but you know, you check, check what color of, of, of smoke it is. If it's white smoke, it can be water as well, water vapor that gets in here. But I can also not see the link between the manifold and why there would be water in the house. So yeah, it's a strange one for me. I, I don't think we've got enough information to, to, really, to really say what is going on here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that, Ernest. Ernest in the CBD. And then uh, Smitty. Smitty is calling us from Johannesburg. Hello. Yes, I had a situation very interesting that you're bringing up the topic about collaboration at your fuel tank um, or or at at the pump station. I was actually one that stopped at the filling station, uh, instructed them to fill up to the tune of about 300 rand. I drove away. Lo and behold, the gauge just st- stayed where it did. I, I returned and went back, and it, it so happened that one of the technicians were on site, and when they actually did a test on the specific pump where fuel was supposedly pumped, they found that they actually pumped nitrogen to the value of 300 into my vehicle. No petrol, but the tank, or at least the pump, showed um, fuel was pumped to the exact amount of 300 rand just to find that it was nitrogen. And actually, to the technician's own admission, um, they were working on the pump, and uh, they accidentally pumped nitrogen into my tank. Where was the nitrogen coming from? As in, they store nitrogen? From, from the actual tank, from the, the fuel supposed uh, petrol pump. And this was at a, at a Caltex filling station. I actually have footage of it. Wow. Where the technician himself admitted, oh, we are so sorry. It was a mistake on our on our end. Mm-hmm. Um, we pumped nitrogen into your vehicle, but imagine to the to the tune of three hundred rand. Now, how many other vehicles or motors does that happen to? And, Did it cause and damage to your car at, at all? 
Say that again. Did it cause any damage to your car to have nitrogen pumped into your? Well, no, no, not because all that I had to do was obviously to uncap. Yes, the, release it. The tank itself, uh, let the nitrogen, I don't know, automatically dispose or go mm-hmm. out of the tank, and then they subsequently just fold up. But I mean, had I not picked it up, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the the question remains. There's about over eleven million rand. Uh, 11 million registered vehicles on our road to how many hundreds of thousands of motors does that happen on a daily basis? Yes. Uh, uh, so yeah. this wasn't yeah. a this wasn't a petrol attendant. You're saying it's a technician from well, the, the petrol attendant assisted. Yeah, yeah. But it so happened that yeah, the, the technician the, was the there. Technician okay. was working on those specific pumps. I think it must have been three or four of those pumps in question, mm-hmm. and I happened to pull up at that one which the technician uh, apparently was done servicing. Right. Smitty, very interesting. Let's get to Nicole's... What's mind-boggling is it shows the amount that he charges you for air. (laughs) And (laughs) you pay for that. All right, let's get Nicole's perspective, Smitty, uh, because that sounds... I've never come across that before. Nicole, any thoughts on this situation? Yeah, I've never heard about a fuel pump pumping Pumping nitrogen. Nitrogen is normally uh, for your tires. Tires. Mm. Uh, So that would have been kept at a different uh, tank and a different method of of also delivering it to your your tires. I I wasn't aware that the petrol pump, I mean, the way the petrol pump works is with fluid. Yes. So it's interesting for me, but if he said it happened, it happened. Um, Nitrogen, just remember nitrogen, the air that we breathe, 80% of that is nitrogen. Mm. Um, so it's basically just pumping air. Yes. Uh, so air wouldn't do anything to the vehicle, just goes into the tank and out of the tank again, so that's not an issue. But uh, as I say, I wasn't aware that you can actually pump uh, gas with a, a fuel bowser. It uh, sounds a bit strange to me, but anyway, mm-hmm. um, just uh, I think maybe note up is uh, at least check your fuel gauge is rising when you fill up with fuel. I think that's a, that's a basic. Then you can liters and maybe work out what the fuel consumption of the car is. I, I generally do that anyway. Yeah. Um, I, zero, I zero every time I fill up and next time I fill up again, I can work out what is the average fuel consumption from tank to tank. And that's a very good idea to do because that also tells you, one number one, your driving style, but also if, if something goes wrong with your engine um, and it's maybe not running optimally, you immediately see it, it will start to be less efficient, so you use a lot more fuel. So it's, a, it's a, also a telltale sign that something something is going wrong. Okay. Um, so maybe that's a good tip out there. Just, just reset to zero. Your fuel consumption. Yeah. 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 Nicole, as always, thank you so much. Uh, then we'll see you again for our next once a month conversation. Thanks, Azania. Thank you. We talk technical matters once a month with Nicole Lowe, and um, he is the technical. He's a technical specialist and a former technical editor for Car Magazine.